Welcome to the Lock Boss Show. I am your host, PJ Slauson. Now, this show is dedicated to all the lock bosses that want to learn and want to grow. But guess what? We also want you to win. And in order for you to do that, you need to join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for our live YouTube giveaway. All you need to do is go over to YouTube, type in CLK Supplies, or use the hashtag LockBoss, or even better, in the show notes, just click on the link, it'll take you right there. Watch any of our current videos and you'll see exactly how you can join the fun for free, and together we will learn, grow, and win. Hey, welcome back to another episode. Once again, I promise we're going to have a little bit of fun today. The topic we're going to be discussing is family business. Now, when it comes to family business, the context that we're going to be talking about specifically is going to be bringing on a family member with the hopes of they may be taking over the business. This could be a son, a daughter, a relative, uh, maybe even a real close family friend. And, um, you know, this is something I have dealt with growing up as a kid. Um, You know, my dad's dreams were always for me to take over um, his existing locksmithing business. And, you know, the as a young child and then a young man going through the that process, I mean, it can be brutal and it can be hard. And so I kind of want to share my experience with it along with kind of my perspective on it. So, you know, I think the biggest thing that you have to look for out of everything is passion, right? Do they have a passion for the business? So many times, right, they could be at the right place at the right time, but if you don't have the passion, it's not going to work, period. You know, it, you know, uh, a few little stats for you. You know, only about 40% of small businesses even make it to the second generation of ownership, family member-wise. And of that 40%, 60% of them are going to fail, right? So when you start looking at the at the odds and the percentages, if you don't execute right, and if you're just uh, going to choose to think positive per se, and that this person will eventually figure it out, well, the stats tell us that that's not going to be the case. And that's, um, honestly, it's a little troubling. You know, it's it's really a little troubling. And so I think the first thing I really want to just hammer on is the passion factor. And now, you know, I recently asked my dad, you know, I said, hey, you know, when I was, uh, you know, young, 10, 12 years old, maybe even 15, did you think that I would, you know, have a passion for the business that I do today? And he said, just flat out, I did not. And the reason I share that with you and the reason I asked that question was because just because you have a son or a daughter or a relative that currently does not have a passion for the business, they could eventually develop one. Now, of course, when I was a a young child or even a teenager, you know, locksmithing or like the locksmithing as a whole, like how big of a priority was that in my life with everything else I had going on? Well, it was pretty small, 
right? It was really small. Um, I did it a lot and I did enjoy it, but that was not my main passion, you know, is playing sports and, you know, hanging out with friends and doing fun things, you know, pretty much what you would expect out of a, out of a teenager. And so, you know, I really didn't start to get super, super serious about the business until I, you know, graduated from high school and started going to college. And um, a lot of times, uh, your son or daughter or relative, um, you know, it could be in their late 20s. It could be in their 30s or 40s before they even start to be like, you know what? I actually like this business. I understand how it works. I've been around it a long time, but I'm really starting to get passionate about that. So don't put like a, a time on it, right? So just because they're 14, year, 14 years old now or 25 years old now doesn't mean that that's really, you know, the end of it, okay? But you have to look for that passion. Guaranteed from my perspective, uh, if they don't have a passion for the business, it's not going to work. Because if you think about what you've had to do over the years to survive and that extra grit you'd have to put in to get it done, well, if they don't have the passion and they're just looking for the easy money or the easy lifestyle, well, that's not going to go well when it when when the time comes to keep um, driving the business forward and innovating and and you know putting your foot on the gas, right? And if they don't have the passion for it, they're just not going to do it, right? They're not going to go through all of that just because they want that easy money because the money is no longer going to be easy. The next point I want to make is you have to be tough but not too tough. Now, for me growing up in the business, uh, I'll give you a couple little quick stories here. So, you know, I started cutting keys when I was six years old, cutting keys and rekeying locks um, in one of my dad's shops. And, um, you know, he was paying me, it was first $5 a day, then it became $10 a day. And that $10 a day was still the same wage I was getting when I was working, you know, like all day summer long um, when I was like 13 and 14 years old. Now, when that happened, I happened to get an actual um, second job, okay? And I was working at a golf course on the in the evening. So when I'd get off work at 5 o'clock working as a locksmith for my dad, I would then go to a local golf course and I was the ball boy. I would drive the golf cart around the driving range and pick up the balls and then bring it back and wash them and fill the buckets and take the buckets and put them in the pro shop for, you know, the the golf pros to, you know, give when someone wanted a bucket of balls. And so I was doing that in the evening and they were actually paying me minimum wage, right? So when I went from, you know, making $5 uh, or $10 a day to $5 an hour, I mean, that was humongous from my perspective. Now, my dad's argument back to me was that I was, he was paying me $10 um, a day because I was worth $10 a day. And he said, if I wanted to be worth more, well, then I needed to do more work. And uh, so it's what happened when I turned 15 and then I could easily go get a job somewhere, minimum wage for $5 an hour, not $10 a day. I actually ended up quitting working for him and going to Burger King. And um, I actually had um, pretty terrible shifts during that time. And I ended up working at Burger King for about eight, nine months. And throughout that time and going through that, I was loving the money because it was a lot more money than I had uh, previously, you know, for $10 a day. However, it was also a wake-up call of having bosses that weren't family members, just being one of the team members that I was, show, you know, I had to show up and do my job and 
working the register and the drive-through and making the hamburgers. I kind of throughout throughout that um, eight nine months, I did all of the different jobs there, and I really started to realize that. From my dad's perspective, I really was only worth $10 a day because what I was doing while I was working for him compared to what I was doing while I was working for Burger King was really majorly different. So after about eight, nine months, I got to a spot where I had to kind of humble myself and go to my dad and be like, hey, listen, you know, I'd really like to come back to work making minimum wage. You know, working at Burger King isn't fun and, you know, on and on and on. And he eventually agreed to take me back and I ended up quitting Burger King and going back. Now, the point of that story is that from my perspective, you know, I was worth minimum wage. But from his perspective as watching me and seeing what I was capable of when I was working for him, I was just lazy. Uh, You know, it's like one of those where I'm only getting paid $10 a day, so I'm only going to do $10 worth a day um, worth of work type of mentality. And um, it really took branching out of that and going to get a different job and realizing that, you know what, I really needed to work harder. And I, you know, my presence, I, you know, something was needed more than just my presence at that job. And so my advice to any of you that have a daughter, a son or relative in the business, and you can tell it's like, they like it, but they're not, um, you know, like they're just showing up and wanting the money. You know, you should probably allow them to go and get a different job. Now, maybe they end up liking that job and they never come back to you. I know that's a that's a fear. Um, at the same time, I don't think it's going to be very common for someone just to snap out of being like, oh, you know what, yesterday I was just showing up and today all of a sudden I want to work hard. I think they have to go through, you know, go to their Burger King, right? Go do whatever it is to see what the real world is like. Even if they've had other jobs before, they may have gotten feeling a little cush. So at the end of the day, you want to be tough, but not too tough, right? Now, my dad could have easily said, no, I'm not going to let you come back. Um, You know, maybe in a couple years, once you've learned your lesson, you know, um, he was tough, but not too tough. Now, I'm sure it wasn't fun for him talking to me about I was only worth $10 a day, right? I mean, of course, I didn't respond well to that. I thought he was being really mean and rude and all that kind of stuff. But after going through that, uh, I realized that I was only worth $10 a day. Now, the last point I want to leave you with today is I believe you want to share the dream but work the plan. And this is what I mean by that. You know, a lot of times when you own your own locksmithing business right now and, you know, you've done what it's taken to survive, to be in the business and to make your customers happy and all of that stuff that comes with that, you really want to cast that vision, right? You have a a tendency to want to keep casting that vision that you've been casting to yourself or maybe your team members, um, but you want to cast it to your family member. And a lot of times it's really easy to see that end game or that uh, end money. And what I mean by is this, like if, if, you know, if you're like, Hey, this is the business, this is how you can fit into it. And this is what you can do. Well, it's really easy to be immature in that as the other person and be like, well, you know what? I know I can get to that wage. So how about after six months of me working hard, I get there. Or maybe after one year I get there. 
And typically that's never going to be realistic. You know, a lot of times in small business, you know, uh, the owner at one point or another does every job out there, right? Every job available to them, uh, you know, the bookkeeping, maybe, you know, answering the phones, doing the work, getting the inventory, you know, managing all of that, managing your Google ads, managing bad reviews, you know, all of that different stuff. So to just have someone come in and get right to the end game, you know, is something that typically you're not going to want. And I don't blame you, right? At some point you have to kind of progress through and that's where the plan comes in. So if you, if you set the expectations where it's like, Hey, let's, let's talk about this. Let's write it down and let's review it every six months or every year. Let's put it in our phones to pop up. And that way you can really start you know, walking that ladder, so to speak, because you don't want that other person, you know, working hard for a year, that family member, and then being like, hey, I've been working hard, I've been doing everything, and, you know, now I want to be the manager, and I want, you know, this type of money that you said that I could make. And then that's where the problems come in. And as someone who has, uh, you know, worked in family business and has um, had other family members work in the family business, it can get ugly really quick. And so I think the only way to avoid some of that, now some of it's going to be there, right? The uh, relationship between a father and a son or a father and a daughter or, or whatever your circumstance is, you know, there's going to be some weird dynamics that you're going to have to work through. But that's why if you're if you're going to share the dream but work the plan and look for that passion and be tough but not tough enough, I think it's possible to succeed and not only succeed but beat the odds. You know, beat that 40% turn into a second generation business and then to beat that 60% failure of that second generation. We can beat it but we can't look at the blue sky. We have to look at the reality of it. And does the person have the capabilities to do it? And at the same time, to be loving enough to be honest with them about where they're really at. So I really hope that's helpful and kind of my story through that process when it comes to um, small business and family and working together and maybe taking over. I would love to hear some feedback on that. Feel free to get a hold of me over at sales at clksupplies.com or on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.